Hello and welcome to the Apostolic Church Liverpool podcast. We hope the message you're about to listen to will inspire you, will be a blessing to you and give you perspective in life. For more of such messages, you can visit our website at www.tac-lona.org.uk You can also access other messages and resources from our YouTube channel, The Apostolic Church Europe. We hope you're blessed and inspired by today's message. God bless you. Here's the message. Going to things that we in. I want you to get your pen and make sure you write these down and practice them. The keywords. Things that we hinder our prayers. So that when you pray, we pray with wisdom. We understand why sometimes. Some people pray things happen. Some people pray things don't happen. Why? Is God partial? No, God is not. God is not. It doesn't look at the faces of people. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Shout hallelujah. Now, a sincere Christian is the one that is devoted to prayer. The Bible says in Luke 18, verse 1, it says, And he spoke a parable. Unto them to this end that men ought to pray and not faint. It means there is no prayerlessness. It's either you are praying or you are fainting. Now, we do a lot of things too much sometimes. Sometimes we sleep too much. Sometimes we work too much. Sometimes we eat too much. Sometimes, most times, we talk too much but we cannot pray too much. You know, you can over pray. Daniel was praying for 21 days. Daniel, 20, he was praying. He said, since the first day that you prayed, the Lord have answered you, but he, he carried on praying. The Bible says that with fasting and also without, he said, without bathing. It, it, it just stood on the spot and he was praying. 21 days. You cannot over pray. And sometimes prayer is like an investment. You invest prayer into your future. Some of us and some people, some of the th- things we're enjoying today are the investments the grandparents and parents have done. The prayers they have sold into the life. Even countries like this, it is a prayer the four forefathers of faith have sold into this land. That is what's still holding this land on. So, prayer is communing and communicating with God. Communing and communicating. So, in prayer, we list and we listen. We list and we listen. So, prayer is not a shopping list. Prayer in prayer, we commune with God. Commune means that we wait. We are still, we quiet, we wait for response. Shout hallelujah. Now, but sometimes, how many of us, you've, everybody has actually witnessed it, that sometimes you pray, and you tend not to see answer to those prayers. It's as if God does not listen to those prayers. Now, if prayer was like a vending machine, where you go to the vending machine, and you put one pound, and you press two, and it gives you cola, and you know the cola is there before you put it there, all the body will pray all the time. Because you know that once you see it, you will receive it. Once you see it, you will receive it. Because you put the money there, it comes out straight away. 
So, but prayer, there's mastery to it. And there are things that physically we can do to make sure that our prayers are not in that. I'm going to give you seven of them this morning. The one you can do, and there are some that we'll do another time, which is the spiritual one. We'll talk about that now this time around. The one beyond our your power, but we just mentioned the, but the ones within your power. Now, an answer to prayer can come in three different ways. It can be yes. Where is it? It can be yes, but wait. And it can be a no. No is also a yes. No is a yes in the dictionary of God. So the reason why sometimes God says no is because that thing you're praying for, you had a better one for you. You had a better one for you because you, we are limited with time. He is timeless. He put us in time. Once upon a time, there was no time. So he put us in time so that we can understand the significance of mercy. That's the reason why the angels that sinned, the reason why they could not get into repentance is because with them, it was timeless. But we lived in time so that we can receive mercy within time before time passed. So shout hallelujah, somebody. Seven things that can hinder our prayers. This, from our own side, what can you do? Praying with wisdom, what can you do? Number one is this. Selfish motives. Now, there are seven of them, I'll run to them, then I will talk about each one of them. Number one, the prayer that you pray is, Brother James taught us a lot about prayers. James taught us a lot about it. Prayers that were said with selfish motives. Prayers that when you have an unconfessed sin in your life, and the Holy Spirit has been drawing your attention to it. Idolatry. Uncharitableness. When you have an unforgiving spirit. Now, number six. Now, some people just don't bother about that. The Bible made us to understand when you fail to honor your wife. And unbelief. Now, let's go into each one of them. Seven of them. That can end our prayers. Number one, the Bible says you ask, as Brother James say, you ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your own pleasures. Now we live in a generation that teaches envy and jealousy, self-promotion as a virtue. That is the problem. We compare ourselves to ourselves. The Bible says when they compare themselves to themselves, they are not wise. So that is the thing. So we ask for selfish. That has actually derailed taking our prayers off tangents. So now, for example, you want to pray. God, I want you to save my... Now, I want to save my parents... God, please save them because their problem is too much. Once they are saved, this, those, God, what is God's will? His will is that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of salvation. But why would that prayer not be answered? The motive is not right. The motive is because they are becoming a problem to you. That's the reason. It's not because you want them to be saved for them to come into the knowledge of God, into the light. 
We asked for self. Once you start asking for self, then you fall into what Brother James said. Can we still go back to that one? Okay. Now, I said it is legitimate things to ask for something like job, for wealth, for restoration of health, for wisdom, for greater abilities. And all these things are legitimate. They are good. But it depends on the motive behind it. Now, sometimes, say, if we pray, God, increase your church. Increase your church in the name of Jesus. The Bible says, the Lord out to them, daily those that are saved, and we start praying. And the motive is so that we can compete with another church across the road. No, it won't be answered. But God, increase your church so that righteousness can avail this city. So that unrighteousness can stop. God will answer. Because the Bible says righteousness exalts a city, a nation. And we pray according to the purpose and the will of God. Is so that we don't see prostitutes on the road. We don't see drug dealers on the road. Righteousness, the motive matters. God, give me a house. Why? Because everybody's buying a house. No. So that we live in, we live in comfort. So that you be able to accommodate others. God, give me a brand new car. Why? So that I can go around and pick people to come to church. So that I can pass my driving test and teach. The motive. If you rise for the wrong motive, then you are praying amiss. Anna prayed for so many years. God, I need a baby. I need a baby. God, you must bless me. The husband loves her so much. But the, the Bible said the Lord did not open a room. The day she went to the Lord said, God, give me this baby. Once you give me this baby, I will return this baby back to you. Whereas the prophet at that time, the children have been messing about, stealing the meat and everything that was meant for sacrifice. And God is so tired of their house, the house of Eli. And God wanted a replacement. God wanted a replacement. So, the day Anna got the message and said, God, I will give it back to you. God said, that prayer is answered. Anna was looking for a baby. God was looking for a prophet. And when she aligned a will to the will of God, the prayer was answered immediately. So you need to align your will. That's why Jesus, anytime he prays, said, not my will, but let your will be done. That's the reason why you need to pray with wisdom. You need to pray with your spiritual antenna tuned. Jesus said, I will not do anything unless my father. You know the reason why Jesus stayed back when he was going to eat Lazarus? He stayed back to pray. Because there are so many dead people around. He didn't wake them all up. But he wanted to hear, Father, is it what you want? Should we raise Lazarus? And he waited until God said yes. Then when he got there, he's done all the prayer. He said, Lazarus, come out. And it happens immediately. Number two is unconfessed sin. The Bible says, behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, nor is heavy, that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you from God. 
and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. Sins, holiness matters. Don't let people deceive us these days. That once you are accepted Jesus, you're saved, you're now in Christ, and you can live anyhow. It is not like that. That is not the whole truth. Holiness matters. Righteousness. Tell somebody beside you. Righteousness matters. Holiness matters. Trust me, righteousness matters and holiness matters. The prayer of a righteous man is strong and powerful. Even your conscience will give you peace. We'll be able, you will have that peace in your mind to come to the Father and say, God, will you not do this for me? He will do it. Holiness matters. Don't let people deceive us these days. So many things going around and saying, no, it does, it does matter. The Bible's, the scripture cannot be broken. It says righteousness is what exalts and sins is a matter of fact brings reproach. So, do we sometimes fall away? Yes. We want to see Holy Spirit draw your attention to it. Go on your knees. Holy Spirit of God. Now, I believe that we are all very sensitive to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is one of the most, both of the, anyone say that they would also be very much, is one of the most sensitive. That's why when people say that in the, in the Bible study, we say, no, we let the Holy Spirit guide. And I just look at people. I wanted to ask, when last has the Holy Spirit guided you? That's the question. What last? Did you hear from him? Because you are busy. Get up in the morning quickly. You take your breakfast, jump to the car, your work. They say another shift is evening. You go there. Another day is you go to this place, go to program. You are dealing this. You have no time. One of the most things we traded too much in this part of the world is time. Whereas time does not pass, it is we that are passing. Time stays. So time is not passing. We are the one passing. So, do we hear from the Lord? The Lord will always draw your attention to it. And said, the way you spoke to your wife yesterday is not good. Maybe she did not say anything to you about it. She just went to the Lord. I really don't like the way this man spoke to me. But I don't want trouble. That is an entrance because that is the most dangerous. The person has just reported you to the creature that is power, more powerful than you. But if you're sensitive, the Holy Spirit will draw your attention to it and say, mm, that's something that you need to go and make correction. Then when you now make the correction and say, oh, you know about yesterday, I'm really sorry. No, how do you know that? You know, because I didn't want to cause trouble, but I just say to him, God, listen to our conversation. unconfessed sin. So, the Bible says that sin causes God to hide his face from us so that he will not hear us, Isaiah. The Bible says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear us. So, we need to consciously come before the Lord and say, Lord, look at me, just cleanse me. David said that my bones, next one, that's the place he said my bones, weakens because of this this gross sin that is in me if we confess as in the bible says in first john one night he is 
faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Somebody say he is faithful and just. So all you need to say is, David said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. All we need to do is search me, Lord, examine me. Search me in and out. Draw my attention to where you want me to make amends. It might be little, little things. See, spiritually, if you want to move up, brethren, I want to tell you these are powerful things. They're very subtle. That's the difference between all the... the, 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 the that's no... That's no, like, a great man in, like, in the sense of it. It's just some secret that they know that we don't know. That you don't know. How to deal with the Holy Spirit. Shout hallelujah. Number three is idolatry. Idolatry. The Bible says, son of man, these men, another version says, the saints are set up idols in your heart. Now, listen. Our definition of idol is the people, the, uh, you know, those abelis and all of those people in the village that people put some things and bow down and they put oil on it. That's our definition of it because we've been watching too many own videos. The Bible definition of idol is said, it said they are set of idols. Where did they set you up? In their heart. It's not physical. They set up idols in their heart and put before them that which causes them to stumble into iniquity. Should I let myself be wired of all at all by them? The idols in their hearts, anything that you lift up above the knowledge of God is an idol. If you lift your job up above the knowledge of God, that is set up an idol in your heart. If you lift your family up more than the knowledge of God, you set up an, and it's the most dangerous things because you open that enough for attack. Anything that you cannot, that God can ask you and you cannot let go is an idol. The greatest one is your money. Don't, ah, you tell him everything, but don't, that one, don't go there. Idols. They are set up idols in their hearts. Should light let myself be known unto them. The reason why Daniel knew what was going on because God decided to reveal. God just opened to Daniel a small thing to show what was going on behind the scene. And God wants us to see, to learn from that. So many things going on behind the scene. That's why you keep praying and praying and they look as if those things you are seeing are defiling answers. Set up idols in our hearts. Overcoming idolatry. Anything that takes the place of God in your heart is an idol. It might be your job. It might be anything that takes place. If you don't love God with your heart, with all of your heart, anything that you love more than that is an idol. So please, how do we overcome idolatry? Next. You need to be like. Anything we love, let's go back. Anything we love more than God and takes priority in our heart, our lives is an idol. It could be food, sport, music, money, possessions, television, traveling, adventure, power, power, popularities. It could be parties. It could be anything. Anything 
that once you get it, you internally you just get extremely excited. Do you get excited the same way when you say, let's gather, let's pray? Okay, let's gather, let's pray. Some people will get to work one hour before time. I get to my office one hour before the time. But some people cannot get to church before that time. Now, I'm not saying that's an idol, but it shows where our priority lies. You know, one thing we always say is that God is not mocked. God is not mocked. And whereas, Brother Solomon taught us one thing. He said, these things are vanity upon vanities. He did an experiment. It, all those experiments, he used, a, we have so many researchers, PhD students here. His own experiments, they've not found out. You know, experiments, you go and do questionnaire, you do like, tests in the labs and all of that. Then he used himself as experiments. When he wanted to see what is in money, he gathered all the money, all the wealth. When he wanted to see what is it in women, he gathered all the women and 700 and 700 concubines. Then, years and years, he tested and come back and said, brothers, I come to conclusion that it is vanity. It's vanity upon vanity and it's a vexation of the spirit. Then he now gave us an idea that our soul just longed. Yeah. You know, when we fall, when, when, when God created us, he put us in the garden, but when man falls, he falls into his conscience. And when we fall into our conscience, Sometimes, because of the withdrawal, the Holy Spirit, the withdrawal, because we fall short of the glory and the withdrawal, the Holy Spirit withdraw a little bit. When it withdrew, our soul longed after, just like the way fish can only survive in water. So our soul longed. In order to fill that vacuum, men now look for alternatives. It is these alternatives that brings idolatry into our heart. It is a mirage. Because eventually we now discover that those things does not fill the vacuum. Our soul only longs after its source, which is the feeling of the Holy Spirit. You just see, once you have that feeling, joy will come from nowhere. In the midst of persecution, in the midst of problems, idolatry. How do we overcome idolatry? Decide like Joshua did. Joshua said, as for me and my household, we will worship the Lord. Matthew 6, 33 says, seek ye first his kingdom and its righteousness. And every other thing, tell somebody beside you, every other thing shall be added unto you. Quickly, because of our time, the fourth one is uncharitableness. Bible says, whosoever shut his ears to the cry of the poor will also cry himself and not be heard. When brethren are going through challenges, what do you do? If you have the resources somewhere and you know brethren are going through challenges, what do you do? How do you help? Do you live just for yourself? How do you respond to it? The Bible says that he that lend unto the poor, lend unto the Lord. There is a reward. Jesus told that's a reward. Do you help others? Do you have a mind of helping others? 
at, or do you wait till others come up to you and say, please, I need help before you can help? Because that is not the way it works. You need to look out for it. Look out for, oh, I've not seen this brother. I've not seen this sister. What is going on? This, I don't like the way this sister, I mean, the way they dress sometimes. They you don't gossip at all. You just say, ah, see, everything okay. okay. Before you even say everything okay, you just go there and do a shopping and say, please, I can have this. Once you do that, you'll see the Holy Spirit guiding you on what to do, how to help people. You need to do that. That way you become a pipe, not a container. A pipe, receive and pass on. A container, receive and keep. Uncharitableness is a very, very bad thing. Because that is not the way we are created. Now, here are some few things we can do to get rid of uncharitableness. Number one, you need to set aside some of your personal income to help the needy. When is everything you earn is not for you. One of the reasons why this country is still doing really well is you see the way they take care of the vulnerable people, the aged people, the old, the aged, the single parent, the single mother, they look after them properly. A lot of looking after them. That's why they would never go poor. Where's the resources? Unlike Africa, not where they have oil and all that. That's not where's the resources. But they're still rich because they understand their values are built on the scripture. And most importantly, your parents, do you, do you, say, do you really look after them? That is it. Those are the things you need to do. Uncharitableness is a bad thing. How do you reach out to people, to beggars? How do you respond to a brother in need? Are you prepared to sacrifice to help the needy? I was speaking to one of our brethren yesterday now uh, the US. So we were talking. So we we're talking about the particular project that church wants to do. And he said, ah, and I don't know, forget it. This thing will be done. I said, oh, no, because you just stopped. He said, no, no, no. He said, I never told you what I did two years ago. He said, in our church, Apostolic Church back home in the state, he said, they were, they were praying one day and it was leaking. He said, I went to my bank and I borrowed the money. He said, you borrowed the money? Yes. To the tune of his salary every month to give to them, to roof. He said, but I never knew what I was doing. But since then, it's, as I'm talking, it's in Texas now. God is using him to lead a church over there. Not in Texas, here in UK. And God is raising him up. God is also using him to raise armies. But he has sacrificed. He sacrificed. So when somebody now asks a question on Sunday, that what about when all this project and this project are going on? What, I said, listen, our God does not have a capacity problem. The thousand cartoons on the east belongs to our God. You can send one of them your way. A hundred of them your way. But the thing is that we think for him. When God wants to bless his people, that's the opportunity. He brings a project like that. It's an opportunity to be blessed. Because God will say we will not come down and give. They will use people. Shout hallelujah. Do you visit those in needs? Number five, very quickly, because of our time, is unforgiving spirit. You have to forgive. You have to forgive. Wherever you stand praying, if you have 
anything against anyone, forgive him. That your father in heaven may also forgive your trespasses. Unforgiving spirit is a very, very bad thing. For God, while we are yet sinner, Christ died for us. He forgive you. That he forgive you even before you even come to the knowledge of Christ. He has forgiven you. If we have received so much mercy, how much more we giving out that mercy to other people? Forgiveness. The Bible says that anytime you want to pray and you remember something about a brother, they said, just leave. You want to bring an offering. He said, just leave it first. Go to that brother and make amen. Then come back. Forgive. Start in your household. Forgiving your spouses. No, it doesn't matter what sin that person has done. You've done worse. But Jesus forgave you. Can you tell somebody today? Forgive. I want you to say, sure, is anybody holding in your heart that they are, this is unforgivable? I want you to forgive. That is what the world teaches. But let all men be liars and let the word of God be true. Forgive. Then you go to God and see that prayer answer like that. So I want you to go and do the work of reconciliation. Think about people that you're holding on in your heart. Send them a message. I said, the Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, and the Lord shine his face upon you. Amen. Just do that. I know it's difficult, but you are the wise one. It is for your own. It's for your own, for your own good. And number six, because of time, is failure to honor your wife. And so many people will not know this is in the Bible. I will say what the Bible says. Man's wisdom will say your spouse, because you can say wife and husband. But I will. Peter, brother Peter said, husband is talking to you legendary men. Likewise, dwell with them with what? Understanding. Giving honor to your wife as to the weaker vessel. I explain the meaning of weaker. It's not me. It doesn't mean their strength is weak. Some women, if you try them, they will beat you up. I'm, that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> when the Bible says weaker vessel, it means that God has placed the man as the authority. So it's like being a vice president, but they are co-ear, but they have the same power, but one has to request permission before he executes. she executes. That is what makes it it's like having a president, a deputy. Osiba uh, has the same power as the president. The president needs to hand over that power and be away before he executes that power. That is what it means by weaker. It doesn't mean in strength. It doesn't mean in prayers. Women does a lot more. Sweeping the house, giving bed. Did you hear that story that, 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 that one is, our mother there was giving before? Giving bed. For two days in pains. Those are the things God saw and he now advised us. I know some legendary men will say, no, I don't believe it. Well, tear it off from your Bible. The Bible says, husband. (laughs) 
dwell with them with understanding, giving honor with as the wife to wisdom, and as being yes together of the grace of life, so that your prayer may not be wise, so that your prayer may not be hindered. So, husband is to dwell with his wife with understanding. You must understand that both of you are ears together of the grace of life. The understanding is to commend the obligation of kindness towards your wife. Next. What does this look like? I talked about this a lot yesterday. Is to respect. Men res respect, but is to respect. Is to, ref for reference, to esteem. Speaking well of her in your circle of friends. Respectfully to her. Please. Ma, can we? I know how many people here can call your wife Ma. Just, <laughs> legendary men, we need to change. By deeds and by words, providing everything honestly and calmly, meaning on time, don't let her ask. Suitable maintenance, necessary conveniences, going on all the days. <laughs> Shout hallelujah. <laughs> These are laudable and proper. Do that, pray, and see what happens. Just pray. And before you say it, angels are warming up. Just say, say, say the word. And they execute it. It is wisdom. If you agree with me, legendary shout hallelujah. If you disagree, shout hallelujah. Is the excitement. <laughs> but it is the word of God. The scripture cannot be broken. And finally, unbelief. The Bible says, Brother James, it talks more about prayer. He said, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Now, that wisdom is everything. I will tell you why we know. He said, who gives to all liberally without reproach, and it will be given unto him. But let him act in faith, which no doubt him. For he who doubt is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything. If we replace that wisdom with anything, it means if anybody lack anything, ask. He said, he will receive anything from the Lord. He said, if you doubt, he said that person is a double-minded person. You are unstable in all your ways. The person should not expect to receive. Now, it's not that it will not give. It's a giver. His character does not change. But giving and receiving are two different things. If I take out my pocket now, 20 pounds, and say, anybody wants this, most of you will not want to come up because, oh, I've got some money in my pocket. Some of you, some people may want it. 
expect. You might not want to come, just come out and get it because it looks embarrassing. I'm giving, but you're not receiving. But if I put it up, anybody wants, yeah, I want it. Yeah, and you grab it, we will receive. That's the difference. So the Lord is giving because he is a giver. His character does not change. But receiving is a different thing. You receive by faith. That is the currency. You have to go to him with faith. And you have to go to him, not with doubt. You cannot afford to be double-minded. See, the reason why we get double-minded sometimes is because we dealt with men. Men has failed you. Human beings have failed you. Somebody have disappointed. Somebody told you they'll be there. They're not there for you. Somebody told you they'll buy something. No, but God is not like that. Our God does not have capacity trouble. What are you going to ask God that we dent his account? Tell me, what is that thing? But we limit God with our small mind. You have to ask God with faith. I'm believing with that he has done it. He will do it. And understanding also that whatever God will not do, let it remain undone. Shout hallelujah. May the Lord give us understanding. In Jesus' name. I don't want to go through all these things again, but those are the seven things. There are a few other things I want to mention. There is timing, but that one is a teaching. And there are terrestrial and spiritual powers, like what happened in Daniel. But that's a teaching for another day. But those ones are easy part. Why? In the days of Daniel, the Holy Spirit does not dwell in man. But here, the Holy Spirit dwells in you. The Bible tells you what to do about it. Cast it out. The Bible says, the strangers, they will hear me. What must they do? They must obey. And they will run away from their hidden places. When you get there and you are scared of them, they know that you are ignorant. But when you get there, and something, something the Prince of Pasha is, is stopping my prayer. At this year, when you have Holy Spirit in you, I cast you out in Jesus' name. Out is out. Sometimes when you cast it, that is when the world looks as if it's not going to work. Everything starts going wrong. With your experience, you know that that's the time that God is answering prayers. If you caught a chicken at the neck, it starts jumping at the is he not dead? The father is jumping out of him. He's going to wake up again. Out is out. When you say, I command you, say, I give you, behold, I give you power to trample upon serpent lions. And nothing by any means hurt you. Believe that you have that power. Shout hallelujah. May the Lord bless his word. 